the life of Queen Elizabeth II. G'day, I'm Martin Isles, and this is The Truth of It. And yes, I do want to pay tribute to the Queen, of whom I've been an admirer for some time, because, and I think this is becoming clear to us all over the last few days, when we looked at the Queen, we saw someone who stood out. Someone who we regret losing, because something made her different. She was different indeed, as we can tell from much of the rest of her family, and steadfastly so. Whilst they made various mistakes and got into various jams, she always tended to rise above, and she always tended to uh, remain faithful and steadfast. Uh, She was different among world leaders. Uh, In an age of distrust and of scepticism of world leaders, uh, like never before, we see a woman who was in that world, and yet she's globally mourned and respected in her death. She's held in high honour. We also see someone who is different to the culture around us because she embodied virtues which are quite simply rare in our day. In fact, um, there is a family of virtues, and I'm going to pick a couple of these in relation to the Queen, but there is actually a family of virtues which are quite distinct, which are quite rare, and which are fading from our societies. These are virtues like mercy, meekness, Faithfulness, forgiveness, duty, service, these sorts of things. And there are others as well. They tend to be, actually, the virtues of Jesus. The virtues which he not only embodied through his work, but which he continually highlighted. Not to be served, but to serve. You know, duty to God, duty to neighbour. I am meek in heart, he said. Things like this. Blessed are the merciful, a family of virtues. Um, And they came into the world with either a renewed force and vigor or for the first time through his gospel. And perhaps that is why several of these shone in the Queen's life. Because the thing that made her different to most, especially among world leaders, was I think first and foremost her faith in Jesus Christ. And I'll show you that with some quotes where she really does tick off all the most important things about faith in Christ. First of all, she says this, and this were in her her various addresses that she filmed over the years. She said, Jesus' teachings have been handed down from generation to generation and have been the bedrock of my faith. His birth marked a new beginning. As the carol says, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Here's another one. History teaches us that we need saving from ourselves, from our recklessness or our greed. God sent into the world neither a philosopher nor a general, important though they are, but a saviour with the power to forgive. Again, the teachings of Jesus Christ and my own personal accountability before God provide the framework in which I try to live my life. Another, she said, each day is a new beginning. I know that the only way to live my life is to try to do what is right, to take the long view, to give all of my best in all that the day brings and put my trust in God. And she says also, I have been and remain very grateful to you for your prayers and to God for his steadfast love. Her faith set her apart. Uh, You know, in the world leader groupings of people, it's not a common thing. But also, I think, just as importantly, the fruit of that faith. Which brings me back to these virtues, which I mentioned, this family of virtues that we find so clearly embodied in Jesus. I would like to highlight two, which I think really shone through in the Queen's life and really made her starkly separate from the culture around us. The first one is faithfulness. And the second one is duty. 
I believe that they both begin in a very important and symbolic way with this statement, which she made very deliberately uh, uh, on television when she was just 21. She said, I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service. Now, why does that speak of faithfulness? Because she was faithful to her word. Perhaps this is why she never abdicated. Maybe that's why she appeared so frail at the swearing in of the new prime minister, because she said, my whole life, whether it be short or long, just as she said, she fulfilled it. And we live in an age when words are so, so cheap. We constantly say what we do not mean, and we constantly forget what we said or ignore what we said. Oh, that was me then, we say. And so we don't keep our word. And that is deeply sinful. Consider this. The book of James is jam-packed with wisdom and with all sorts of principles for living a life that honors God. And it runs through so many things. And yet when you get near the end of the book in chapter five, all of a sudden we're startled with this statement. James says, but above all, above all. And you think, wow, what could this momentous thing be that it's the most important thing that James has to say out of all of this wisdom and all these important principles for honoring God? He says, oh, above all, he says, let your yes be yes and your no, no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. Above all, he says, be faithful to your word. And that makes a whole lot of sense when you realize that our very salvation depends on a word, the word, the promise of God. Genesis 3.15, all that time ago, promised a savior. It was a word. Now, we are promised many things, not least of which is the completion of our salvation in heaven. Words. And that first word in Genesis 3.15, God kept it. He was faithful throughout the rolling eons and against all the odds. And now again, we know that God is faithful to his word. So be faithful to yours. The second thing I want to highlight, the second virtue, duty. The word uh, to which she was faithful was a commitment to duty. And she showed us that it is better to live out of duty than out of rights. She showed us that it is better to live for others in sacrifice than to live for self. And this stands out so, so starkly among a self-righteous, a grasping, a self-centered, a needy, a demanding, a selfish people. You know, I once heard it put this way, you know, if there was a, a, a planet of aliens and they sent an expedition to Earth to study the human race and they, they had a project to answer some questions and one of those questions was, what, did this, what does this species worship? What do these people worship? And they came into the world and they disguised and they walked around it wouldn't take many hours of television. It wouldn't take many glossy magazines. It wouldn't take many listening to self-help coaches and observing the way people behave for them to write down they worship themselves. Um, we're in a day when it's all about, we all want our rights. We all demand our due. We all want for ourselves what we can get for ourselves. We all live with ourselves on the throne of our lives. We are grasping black holes of want and desire. And frankly, it's sickening and it is destroying us. This is one major reason why the West is immiserated and depressed beyond anything we can measure uh, in the history of measurements. We've forgotten the meaning of life and it was described and modeled by Christ himself. And he summed it up, the whole of it, in terms of duty, not rights. 
in terms of others, not self, and in terms of sacrifice, not want. First, it was a duty to God. That's the first and greatest commandment, to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love, in this sense, is action sacrificially for the cause of God, to love God. And secondly, a duty to neighbor. Uh, the second greatest commandment, to love others with the love that we would so instinctively turn on ourselves. It isn't about me at all. Queen Elizabeth showed us that. I think she set her course at the age of 21, declaring her commitment to others in duty. And later, as we read just before, she added her dependence on God's guidance, the words of Jesus Christ and his steadfast love and indeed his forgiveness. This is a life well lived. And I'll say it again, it really isn't about you at all. What a revolution we would see in our times if we could undo this great cultural mistake of rights over duties, self over sacrifice, and our changing desires over steadfast faithfulness and indeed false gods in favour of the true God who the Queen evidently in her statements and her fruits served. And that is why I would like to honour the life of Queen Elizabeth II, so much so that I won't even scrunch up the paper. I'll fold it this time. I'm Martin Niles, and that was The Truth of It.